0: I'm Jordan Ferguson
1: and I'm Katie McKinnon
0: and you are listening to the geek down podcast. What's up y'all welcome back to another fantastic episode of the geek down podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweetest spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am coming to you from Toronto, Ontario, and joining me on the other line, lounging from the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: (laughs) Hi, Dr. Kate. This is episode (laughs) 199. Uh, X marks the spot. X gonna give it to you. I don't know. Whatever.
1: X gon' give it to you. X gon' give it to you.
0: Knock, knock, open up the door, it's real! Why is it episode 199, X gon' give it to you? Because we refuse to commemorate episode 200 until such time as the world has reset itself. Let's be honest, we're probably gonna have to come up with another reason, or just revert to (laughs) legacy numbering soon. We're gonna do this shit like Marvel Comics, where they keep having number ones, but... Where it's like Amazing Spider-Man number one, but then bracket issue 638, like... If you're going by legacy numbering, because we're going to be on legacy numbering at that point.
1: And then I'm really sad because all that stuff with Lady Webb is taken out. And I'm like, no, I want to see more about Lady Webb because she's an old lady, but she's got powers like a witch.
0: No more Lady Webb. The international correspondent was very excited about the notion of us like just going on to like <laughs> 199 Breaker 9 Charlie. like All the ways in which we could keep 199 going. Listen, I don't know. It's crazy times, y'all. We'll figure it out. If you want to listen to any of our other episode 199s or any of our other 199 episodes, you just take yourself on over to wherever you get your audio content, whether that be Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, what have you. Look up Geek Down Podcast. We will appear... And you click follow or subscribe, and henceforth, new episodes of this program will be delivered to your device automatically. You don't have to do anything else because they're coming to you live and direct from your mans.
1: Chauncey Fasilica Satheric, internet elf.
0: Oh my god, girl, he just wants to drop those episodes straight into your device. You don't have to do anything else. If you are in Toronto or Peel region, you can't do anything else. We'll get to that in a moment.
1: <laughs> also, keep in mind, Chauncey is taking all the precautions. He can, but he's also very busy. He uh, he is the uh, union representative for the elves of the North Pole.
0: <laughs> it's a, it is a busy, busy time. Wow, there are we have concerns about not enough PPE being making it to the North Pole. There are many things maintaining social distancing. There's going to be a backlog. What are they saying? Like a billion packages a day are getting backlogged. Yeah, your cutoff is December third, Canada. Get your orders in. If you would like to complain about anything in this raging hellstorm we, we live in, hit us up on Twitter, at GeekDownPod. That is primarily where we hang out. Get up off Twitter. Is it even worth mentioning Facebook anymore, Kate? No. <laughs> Mark your calendars, y'all. It's the official abandonment of the Facebook page.
1: Okay, here's my thing. It's not just that I forget every week Mm -hmm. to post something. It's also because me personally, I've been trying to get off not just Facebook. Like I'm not on any other social media, thank goodness, but I'm trying to like de-entrench myself. I don't know what the word is um, from social media. I only hang around Facebook because it's actually the way I connect with certain friends and family. Right. I have family in Scotland if I want to know what's going on in their life. Basically, I stalk them on Facebook or I go through their pictures or I, you know, see that they're, you know, doing whatever. Um, But that's the only way I have contact with them. If there was another way, I probably would go with that. Um, But so much of Facebook now is – I don't know if it's happening to anybody else, but I'm just inundated by ads constantly Mm -hmm. like every fifth post is an ad most of them they do a great job of things i might want to buy but then i'm like uh -uh, caitlin no you don't just scroll on past you don't need to spend 63 dollars on a wooden puzzle music box it's another thing you need in your life. Send, it doesn't matter if it's an orary or not. It's not a thing you need.
0: Send all gifs of Dikembe Mutombo waving his finger <laughs> to Caitlin McKinnon <laughs> on Facebook yeah. so she can just plaster uh-huh. them all over as her wallpaper every time she goes to yeah. open her phone. Instagram is the uh, is slowly dying a sad death for me because they, like, I, saw, I posted, I saw a cartoon about this and posted it because basically they reorganized, like, the icons on Instagram and added a shop tab. Nobody goes to Instagram to shop. Like what the, what the fuck are you doing? But they put the shop tab where the likes used to be. And basically the cartoon was like Instagram putting a shop button on the place where you have developed muscle memory for the last five years to go for your dopamine hit is like the grossest form of predatory capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of predatory capitalism, friends, if you want to support this endeavor, it's not even worth mentioning a Patreon anymore. It's not even really worth telling you to save your money because there's no point in mentioning it. I don't think Patreon's coming back anytime soon. If you want to buy us a coffee, ko ficom slash geekdownpod still exists. If you're feeling charitable this this holiday season,
1: or if you own Amazon, or
0: if if you're if you own Amazon, solve world hunger and then buy us a coffee.
1: Yeah. Also, yeah. It's world hunger. What are you doing?
0: Uh, it's just so I like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, but it's like my mom shops from there all the time and it's easy for her and she's almost 70. So am I not going to get her an Amazon gift card?
1: Okay. But here's the other thing. And I had a conversation with someone and, and I've come to this conclusion about also environmentalism. Not that I'm not—I don't, you know, sort my recycling or I don't try and be conscientious, but it's not up to the individual. That is not fair pressure. You are not the reason
0: <laughs> the ozone layer is depleting.
1: I'm not, and I'm also not the reason, uh, you know, why there's such a disparity between the poor and the wealthy. That has—it that's not my fault. I mean, I know they say the power we have with, you know, our purchasing, but Amazon is like it's a monolith, right? Like it's not just one store in the neighborhood it's who the, it's the Empire. Uh, won't let gaze into their store, right? <laughs> it's this huge, uh, much larger than us um entity. Um, I'm not saying that we should be like what he's doing is fine, but we need to find other ways to have the government be accountable for how things are going. And I don't know how to do all that. Um, I will support a government that really wants to crack down on that wealth disparity or that wealth gap. Um, but again, not me, Caitlin's, like, one responsibility. Like, it's I'm not Superman. <laughs> I can't take down Amazon On my own. Um, So then why, with everything else that's going on right now, why beat yourself up? Because, you know, you can't go out to the store and you really need to buy soap.
0: So when you are despairing that Jeff Bezos has not cured world hunger yet, I think we have learned that the answer is to blame Caitlin. So, damn it, Caitlin. I
1: mean, I already blame myself. I mean, I say (laughs) all that, but it still makes me sad.
0: Still makes us sad.
1: Oh, but I can so, I uh, got I got I got I got no I got it I got it okay
0: okay. Kate can support all these local businesses because she's just, you know, going out downtown, downtown Hamilton to shop, curbside, unlike us in Toronto who are on our second lockdown for twenty eight days. Air horn noise. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, your man's is still going to work every day though, so As Toronto slowly kills every small business in the downtown core. But, you know, major Canadian retailer trucks along, as do most larger corporations. What a, what a fucked up, this is the most useless lockdown possibly we've ever, (laughs) well, we've had two. But of the two, this is a much more useless lockdown.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think it's useless i think i mean the reason they're doing it is because they're worried the hospitals are going to get overwhelmed yes what they need to crack down on is uh businesses that are not doing what they're supposed to as far as like masks and social distancing and all of that um they need to crack down on parties of like 200 people i'm looking at you peel region and these like gatherings of like a thousand people of anti-maskers um they need to charge them and po- maybe not put them in jail because you're just putting them close together but like give them substantial fines make our money back as mm. as a province like i'm all for finding people they've been given enough warnings i mean this has been going on for months now this is not like the you know, march where people don't know what's going on and what are we doing and blah. Um, you know, people are dying. Um, I think that's worth a really hefty fine if you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna go to this party, um, or or I'm gonna drive out to
0: Etobicoke and get some fucking barbecue. Fuck you, barbecue clown.
1: Yeah, by like hefty fine, I mean like in the thousands. Well, yeah, um, I, yeah. Um, not like the hundreds, the thousands, I think people's lives are worth that. Um, and yeah, and just turn around and give that money to hospitals.
0: As much as I was like, major Canadian retailer keeps trucking along. I will give credit where due. they have been very much on the, like, don't even look at us if you don't have a mask on. And if you want (laughs) to, if you got beef, talk about it amongst yourselves. We are not engaging in this conversation. So, I mean. Shout out to MCR for that. We are strictly on curbside right now. We basically uh, are treating our curbside like a pawn shop where it's like we have, we have a two-doored <laughs> vestibule. <laughs> you will pay for your stuff. We will put it in the vestibule. We will walk out. You will walk in and grab it. <laughs> we will lock the door behind you. Um, there will be no contact. It makes for a much more subdued holiday retail experience which is kind of sad because as insane as it gets in this city at this time of year, you know, you kind of like it.
1: Thank you. See, my favorite time of the year was Christmas and people used to think I was insane and there were ups and downs for sure. Most of those ups and downs had to be like 50 year old men who were the worst. Um, But, or white woman named Karen. It's true. It's all true. (laughs) Um, But, I loved this time of year when I worked at major Canadian retailer um and other places I'd worked in retail i the I liked the speed I liked that the day's went by really quickly um I liked the you know the spirit and like helping people find like the perfect gift um so yeah, I'm totally in agreement with that
0: so it's a weird time just makes everything everything else adds more weird to an already weird time. I mean, who knows? Who knows where this is going to go? I think come three weeks from now, we, we have just wrapped week one of our 28-day lockdown here in Toronto and Peel region. I don't think the numbers are going to show any improvement by mid-December, but I don't think they will extend the lockdown, um, which making this whole, you know, performance <laughs> useless. Frustrating. But, I mean, frustrating. That's the word. Frustrating. What will it have been for? Because, I mean, I go to work. There's been no change in my commute, considering we're under lockdown. Like, I get—I posted a thing on Instagram the other day about how we are not talking about the fact that, like, for all your talk of lockdowns, these fucking buses are still jammed full of people every day because it's the poor folk who can't take the time off or work from home who have to get on these disease canisters every day and get shuttled off to their jobs mm-hmm. on a 45-minute commute. So,
1: uh, someone posted something about how. Um... You know, this COVID has really been a visual representation of, you know, the disparity between the poor and the rich. And I'm like, dude, that is everything these days.
0: <laughs> they took COVID? I mean, good for you. Yeah, it's, but...
1: it's not, it wasn't co- like, yes, obviously, you know, with when it comes to any disease or epidemic or, um, you know, change real challenge in the world. The poor are always going to suffer. And and I don't think it's it's just covid having us realize this, right? We always knew they were going to going to suffer more than those who are wealthy. Because they can do things like I did this morning and order breakfast, whereas the poor people cannot, and I understand that. It's why I always tip my delivery people really high. Because I'm like, I understand I have been in that position. I can only imagine. And this is all I can do to help.
0: Caitlin door dashing her breakfast brings me to something I was going to mention on this episode. Because beloved friend of the pod and myself, Mr. Malosh, not too long ago, said, I've got promo codes for good food. For those of you who are unfamiliar, good food is a Canadian, you know company that does the HelloFresh or Blue Apron or whatever have you meal in a box stuff. He's like, I've got some free coupons. Do you want one? I said, you know what? Sure. He sends it along and I get food. The food's fine. It's good. You know, I enjoy it. And, but I have no intention of becoming a full-time good food patron because I was thinking that I might crunch the math on that. And because, you know, if I'm, but for some reason, you know, $40 a couple times a week at the no-frill seems nicer to me than, you know, $80 or $90 from good food. But mm-hmm. be that, that's just how weird, how my weird poor brain works. Be that as it may, I was thinking about crunching the numbers because it would, you know, eliminate, it would eliminate some mingling with the public that I would have to do if food was just coming to my house wastefulness of the process, notwithstanding because they use a lot of plastic baggies and good food. Anyway, I had done this once before on HelloFresh and HelloFresh was very easy to cancel. I was like, you know what? Thank you for your service. HelloFresh. Boop, boop on the website. Cancel. Good food was like, you got to call somebody or like, you know, have a video chat or something or like, I, I, I don't, I don't know, give a blood test. It was complicated to cancel, <laughs> to cancel good food. And I was like, fuck. Well, okay. I'll just skip every week. And maybe occasionally I'll want it, but I'll just skip every week. And I went to skip for what I thought was, you know, the next week. And when it was like, okay, December 5th has been canceled. November 28th is on the way. And I went, excuse me. I fucking missed a week, Kate. They didn't send me a notice or a receipt when I got charged or anything. And I got a fucking box of food yesterday. Okay, cool. I got a box of food. That was $80. I didn't really intend on spending. You fucking, like, culinary Columbia house. Like, I don't need this from you right now. Like, <laughs> I don't culinary need
1: Culinary Columbia it's house. It's like
0: when you fucking get sent the fucking Soul Asylum album that and get charged 25 bucks for it back in, you know, 1997. Because you forgot to, you know, all you wanted was your Biggie CDs for a penny. You didn't. <laughs> You forgot to you forgot to say you didn't want whatever the album of the month was, and they sent it to you and charged you $28 for it. Like, that used to happen back in the day, children. It did. That was a thing. And I mean, sure, my, you know, southern fried pork chops look good. <laughs> I'm just, but some days you just want to shovel a box of Triscuits in your mouth and call it dinner. Like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I tried to make a nice breakfast this morning and fucking, uh, you know... Eight thirty a m or a quarter to nine had to like tear my smoke alarm out of the ceiling because <laughs> it was about to wake up the entire floor the floor of my apartment building <sighs> I'm not built for cooking is what i'm telling what I'm telling you <laughs> no.
1: I had a terrible experience with um not specifically that company. It was like I't remember which one I went with, but I gotten a coupon for my mother in law
0: mm.
1: and it was for a significant amount off. So I got a bunch of stuff thinking I could make it ahead, freeze it, because it's only, you know, uh, for your correspondent, Chris and I. I hate cooking. I forgot I hated cooking as much as I hate cooking, and these are not easy. These are, like, quite elaborate, and they didn't really have vegan options, so I had to, like – Use most of the ingredients and substitute stuff, and uh, it was uh, it was a terrible experience. And I was like, never again. <laughs> never again. So um, the fact that you accidentally purchased eighty dollars worth of food you had to make, um, yeah, no, that's terrible. That's like it's like a nightmare scenario. Listen,
0: I'm sure when I'm having my roasted tomato risotto later this week, I'll be delighted, but. <laughs> I did not intend to spend that money is what I'm saying. Uh, there was one item of news I did want to bring up this week. Sort of just, just an interesting little, little tidbit, little snack of a do news that I, that I saw out there when I did a scan this morning. Um, and that is, did we ever really talk about the, um, the vague announcement that G4 was coming back? I think we might've.
1: Um, maybe
0: G4 was the gaming network. Um, that had shows like Attack of the Show. Olivia Munn got her start on that network. Um, X-Play, it was a video gaming channel. They they were the first network to broadcast, um, you know, eSports. Uh, Ninja Warrior started on G4. First, the original Japanese was imported. Um, and then that became American Ninja Warrior and American Ninja Warrior became like a huge network hit. Um, and it kind of got, shuttered in I think it was like 2010 maybe 2012 anyway randomly a few months ago the twitter accounts for like attack of the show and the official g4 account just posted a video that said we never stop playing and people went um and since then there has been a like push for hosts I think the network itself has said like you know we're looking for hosts like Let us know if you're out there, who do you think, who do you think should be a host on the new G4? And I've seen people who used to work for IGN that I follow on Instagram, you know, making their pitch and stuff like that. And one person who made their pitch was WWE superstar, Xavier Woods, AKA Austin Creed, host of the host and proprietor of the up, up, down, down YouTube channel. And he he has apparently been signed. He is the first (gasps) signee as a, as a host on the resurrected G4, which is something I just saw. And apparently this kind of, he was out there early. Like after those first videos aired, he was immediately out there. I was like, I want to host on G4. And on what day was it on November 24th, the G4 YouTube channel hosted or posted a reunion special of a lot of the hosts that were on the network back in the day. So Adam and Morgan from X-Play were on there. Olivia Munn herself was on there with Kevin Pereira, the OG attack of the show host. Um, this guy Blair Herder, who I knew from like MTV's Road Rules back in the day, and then got really into video games, and now he's like—they <laughs> mention he's a corporate hack, and I do, like he's a VP somewhere now. I don't know what he what he flipped his uh, career into, but he's like a major deal at some video game company now. And it was hosted by Ron Functions, right. who is a delightful stand-up comedian. And apparently, I haven't gotten to this point in it, but apparently, at the end of it, Austin Creed like. There's some like thing that happens where they have to be saved and like Xavier Woods like aka Xavier Woods slash Austin Creed kicks down the door and like rescues them type of thing. Um so again, we don't know what this is going to be or how it's gonna take shape, or if Vince McMahon's going to try and take uh every dollar that Austin Creed makes as a host <laughs> on G four. But uh it's uh it's exciting because I think I've no doubt mentioned that just like When I had cable in the, when the Earth was young, um, G4 was my wallpaper network. And they did not have that many hours of programming on a given day. (laughs) Like, they basically had an hour's worth of X-Plays of varying degrees of temporal relevance. Like, you know, they might be an X-Play reviewing a game that came out, you know, eight months ago um, because they were just constantly showing reruns. And then Attack of the Show would air like four times a day and it would just kind of always be on. Attack of the Show was my favorite show at that era of my life. They were essentially around the net at the time I was writing for, uh, like a university paper, um, running their, running their blog. Cause ooh, we had a, bl- a prime peak blog yeah. era back then. And I was working, oh my God, amazing. I was working, I was running their blog and I would have, you know, I would write about stuff that was happening on our campus and, or the city at large. But sometimes, you know, I was responsible for like two or three posts a day. Sometimes you just posted some wacko shit you founded on the internet. So I would go to, like, oh, my God. who? Rem- I would go to Dig. I would go to Fark. Who remembers Fark? Oh, my God. Um, oh, my used, God. I would go to Reddit before Reddit was a cesspool. Um, <laughs> Reddit used to be the classy Dig, y'all. Um, and, attack, and Attack of the Shows Around the Net segment, which was basically, you know, the five best things they saw on the internet that day. That was, like so ahead of the game for like 2007 or whatever and the one clip I saw on this reunion special was Kevin Pereira saying like you know people were like you're gonna put YouTube on television like yeah and now when I go home and visit my parents and they have those weird like you know two in the afternoon uh you know NBC affiliate networks that just need to fill airtime there are like syndicated shows that just do that it's like hey look at this thing we found on the internet and it's a a straight half hour of that and Attack of the show was really, really ahead of the game for, for presenting that sort of content in that way. And I mean, but it's still, it was, even then it was a little bro It was a little duty, you know, um, Olivia Munn was clearly there to serve a purpose.
1: Which is so unfortunate, you know, but she's, true.
0: She's a legit, she is a legitimate nerd. She is a fan of all of these things, but I mean, you know. She still had to dress up as Wonder Woman at Comic Con and stand on a platform as guys hooted at her from, you know, the show floor. You know that was a thing that had to happen. Um, she still had to wrestle in oatmeal at one point. Like you know, these are things. Oh or, god! It was, it was a pie. I think it was a pie. If if they raise enough money for something, she was going to jump in a pie. I don't remember what it was. I'm sure they show it on this on this reunion thing. But hopefully, the new version of G4 will uh, be more reflective of the uh, of the era. We now live in... Hey,
1: we can always hope.
0: We can always hope.
1: Cautiously optimistic. Jordan, <laughs> cautiously optimistic.
0: Perennially, we remain. So, in the effort to keep things light and tight, I'm actually... We're actually using a timer now, y'all.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> and, bizarre and, and re- weird and wonderful. Reel
0: that shit in. So, uh, looking at my rollie, it's about that time to move into updates. Kate, what do you got?
1: All right. I'm going to do my quick update... Rundown, and then I'm going to talk about Star Wars: Mandalorian, which we all knew I was going to talk about, anyways.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm. How did I? I was tying things down in my apartment, y'all, because the nerdgasm coming from coming from Hamilton, I knew was going to be fierce.
1: Yeah. So we'll start with movies. Uh, Senior correspondent has. uh, He hasn't made me, but he convinced me to watch the first Star Trek. Okay, I haven't seen the Star Trek movies. I saw. A little bit of the fourth one, and I've seen Generations, um, but I haven't seen any of like the original Star Trek movies. So we watched Star Trek One, and it is terrible. You don't have to watch it because I watched it. So you could just text me, and then I'll text back to you, and I'll you'll be like, Caitlin, how was Star Trek One? And I'll be like, it was terrible. And then we're good. Uh, Star Trek Two, Three, and Four are fucking amazing. I did not know they were so good. The writing is fantastic. Um, you don't need to be have watched the original series. Um, there are like maybe one or two callbacks to things, but really you can just go in blind. They're so good. One is just like fiery, fiery trash. It's kind of amazing the disparity. But anyways, uh, I watched Beauty and the Beast because I was in a cartoon, uh, um, not live action because live action is gross. Uh, it is that is a tight movie, like tight. And then I watched Moana, and, you know, Moana's very good, just not as tight as Beauty and the Beast. Um, I also watched Decorating Disney, Holiday Magic, because I really like behind-the-scenes documentaries about Disney, apparently. My only criticism was not long enough. Um, Also, they had Whoopi Goldberg, who was, like, the main, like, uh, announcer in the show. But then they had this other guy who was, like, I don't know, some dancer from Dancing in the Stars or not dancing, the um, uh, ballroom, something. Anyways, uh, he, you could have lost him. He was fine, but really all I needed was whoopee and behind the scenes, Disney and like how they decorate for Christmas. And it was super fascinated needed to be like six more episodes. <laughs> um, so that was movies, uh, TV shows. Um, I have finished the first and second season of infinity train. It is amazing. And so fucking dark. And I love it. Um, it there is a third season, I can't find it anywhere. You can only watch it on like HBO Max or something, um, and they don't know if they're coming back for a fourth season, which is unfortunate because it is so well written and it's so good. And I think it's up there as one of my one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, I watched the newest episode of Star Trek: Disco. What's weird I'm about sorry. I'm sorry. Season?
0: We're calling it disco?
1: Oh, yeah. Everyone calls it disco. It's Discovery. <laughs> Everyone? Everyone calls, it disco.
0: Everyone calls it disco.
1: Everybody calls it disco. <laughs> yes. Star Trek Discovery, because someone's not in the know. I want to go to the Star um, Trek disco. <laughs> um, The weird thing about the season is it is much better than the first two seasons. But I am on board with everybody who is like, can we have one episode where Michael Burnham does not cry? I would appreciate that as well. It just is poor writing. Um, and also, Michael Burnham's a fine character. They're not not—they're not writing well for her, which is very unfortunate. Um, they are doing a great job with a lot of the secondary, well, the other characters. I wish they would do more with the other characters because they're writing really well for them. And we want to know more about those characters. Also, Linus is amazing. Um um mm, okay um also father brown season eight is out and about if you have brit box um and i just it's just delightful and hokey and ridiculous and camp and i love it so much um and it's just one of those shows where it's very comforting it is total comf total, like, English countryside, but there's a murder. Um, the best is when they've, like, solved this terrible murder, and they're all like, ha, 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 ha let's have some tea, um, which <laughs> happens, like, almost every episode. <laughs> um, uh, I will get to The Mandalorian, but I'm going to save it for the end. Um Games?
0: Games. Games.
1: So, I do uh, one every other week um, gaming session with our housemates and two of our other friends so the six of us um and we try and find online games that we can play together that isn't like you know uh an like Fortnite like it's not an Shoot. actual online game it's sort of like Board them. games online yeah like so we found like there was an online code games like a a web version of it mm. um jackbox we've been doing a lot of um And I just wanted to bring those up as there is stuff out there for people who are looking to do things with like family over the holidays, um, where you don't have to have your parents or family members, you know, have a Steam account, you can just find (laughs) web based games that you can play. Um, And, and I know what it's like having, you know, basically, our lives are digital at the moment, but our parents maybe aren't in the know or up on that kind of thing. Right. Um, so just being able to possibly be like, hey, look, we can do this activity together. Because this is a thing. Every time my mom calls and says, hey, what's going on? You know what I have to tell her? <laughs> Fucking nothing. No. I have nothing to tell. There is nothing, nothing going on. Mom. I go to work at my house, and I, then I come home at my house, and I watch television. This is what I do. Um, and I get really roly-poly. I'm just <laughs> – I'm. I, it's like I'm trying to gain weight at this point, just to see how heavy I can get by the end of this thing. Um, and also Dungeons & Dragons. So I just very quickly want to talk about an experience uh, with Roll20. So Roll20 um, makes Dungeons & Dragons really accessible. If you have someone who's a great uh, leader and sort of, one person who knows the role 20 system really well thankfully senior correspondent chris when this sort of lockdown happened um kind of dove into role 20 really wanted to play with a group but obviously couldn't do it in person and just like learnt the technology um, and what he's done is we have had this D D game with some friends of ours for years now i think it's almost been seven years we've had this game maybe longer, um, and we've been playing these same characters. Uh, We have taken breaks, but just over the last two, uh, maybe three weekends, um, because we're playing sort of, trying to play every other weekend, um, Chris has, basically we've all put our characters onto Rule 20. So we've taken them from physical to online. And if you're interested in Dungeons and Dragons, See if there's a Roll20 group out there. There are a lot of people who are looking for groups. Uh, Chris plays with people from across the United States. um, And there are people looking for groups. Also, if you want to DM, there are lots of resources to teach you how to become a Dungeon Master and how to use Roll20. And so I say go for it. I think more than ever, it's really important to make connections, even if they're online Um, Just to keep us sane, especially because this lockdown is probably going to last, oh, for another year, I'm thinking. (laughs) In some some form form form. or another. Yeah. Um, uh, Finally, beside games, YouTube. I have stumbled across this channel called Folding Ideas. Folding Ideas. Folding Ideas. It's one gentleman. um, I stumbled initially across it because it came up. Something about a f- uh, film thing, and he was talking about um, uh, uh, editing, different types of editing. And he's done a bunch of different videos. Some are on film, uh, some are where he's critiquing um, video games. And he does like high critique of stuff, not just like the be- the ten best things in you know, a Shadow of the Colossus. He like yes. actually talks about the tone of the game and and. Uh, the morality of things and he's he's really really good at what he does and then I stumbled across this video that he had done about uh, how these astrophysicists had been tricked into this like geocentric model of the universe documentary and Mul- Kate Mulgrew who plays Captain Janeway had also sort of been like tricked into being the voice for hire for this documentary to something that would air on like you know, discovery about this like geocentric a- as opposed to heliocentric model of the solar system. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about like how this happened, the, the basically the documentary itself. Um, and it sort of goes into like this idea about flat earth as well. Um and, then he had this other video about Flat Earthers, and it was it was like an hour and 15 minutes, and I was like, I'm going to get through like the first two minutes and be like, yeah, it's not for me. An hour and 15 minutes later,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was like, that was amazing. You're like the and Earth amazing. is flat? <laughs> it just it explains so much about like how people get drawn in, um, the rise of it the the fall the the slow fall of it and where they're going next which is for qAnon like halfway through the video it like flips over and he's like and all these flat earthers are going to qAnon and then the second half of the video is about qAnon and what it is why it's so corrosive why so many people are invested in this crazy conspiracy theory theories i should say um, and it was so, so fascinating, and he does such a good job. Um, and I wish there were even more videos um, because they're so good. Anyways, if you're interested in film but also crazy other things, um, go to Folding um, Ideas. It's I had no – this was not on my radar at all, um, but they're really, really good videos. Finally – Star Wars. Your boy. Mando! <laughs> your boy. So, Caitlin?
0: I had heard. Caitlin, let me yeah. just ask the question first.
1: Yeah.
0: Let me just ask the question. I don't want to talk about your girl. I don't want to talk about how that name is never going to stick. <laughs> no. All I want to know is yeah. when your girl, Ahsoka Tano, yeah. said, Where is your master? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Yeah, did Senior Correspondent rip his shirt off and spin it in the air like a helicopter, like he was in the P. D. Pablo video?
1: Um, no, he was like (laughs) stunned. No, he was stunned, and I like looked at him, and I was like, "Did you know about this?" Because he wasn't screaming
0: and i was like why is it's he not just, screaming it's just you could just hear like a high-pitched like, it's like a dog whistle it's just like literally it's just
1: and i was like did you know because i thought maybe he stumbled on like a spoiler which happens every so often mm-hmm. he was like no he's like i had no idea um so we are excited
0: so sorry for for new for new listeners Thrawn is a like expanded universe character, never been featured been featured on the animated programs. Um yeah. never in the so it was, live action it cinematic was, stuff proper. Senior correspondent's favorite yeah. character from Star Wars. Is it safe to say favorite character?
1: Um, no, not his favorite character. But up there. But up there. Yes. Uh but definitely probably favorite villain. Mm. Um because uh granted Admiral Thrawn is so measured. Yes. And he's not a Sith.
0: He's a tactician.
1: Um he's a tactician and he's uh, it's all about like the psychology of who he's fighting. And they did a good job with that in, um, so he was this character that had been in the uh, book series after the original trilogy had come out. Um, and they got the guy who had originated the character and written those books to write a new set of books when they actually brought Thrawn into the expanded universe in a bit of a different, um, In a different time, obviously, in a different story, but that character, um, which a lot of people were really delighted about. Because Dave Filoni, who was the creator of um, the Clone Wars TV series, um, he has been very big on taking things from the expanded universe that were great.
0: Oh, my God. And bringing
1: it into the fold.
0: When the last episode of The Mandalorian ended, and I was like... The credits were about to come up. I'm like, this is all Filoni. This is like, this has got to be all Filoni. And it was like directed by Dave Filoni, written by Dave Filoni. Yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was all, that was all him. Yeah. So anyway, so we're happy about Thrawn. The other big, yeah. the other big selling point here that I want to know about is your favorite character, one of, if not the making her live yeah. action debut. debut,
1: Debut.
0: Jedi, Um Jedi master. No, she's not a master, but she's a Jedi. Ahsoka Tano, played by Rosario Dawson, the worst kept secret in Star Wars history. Um, So
1: so here's the thing, actually. She's not a Jedi. Ahsoka Tano (laughs) Tano left the Jedi Order. So unless something happened between the time of uh, the Rebel series and now, maybe she ran into Luke, maybe she became a Jedi, whatever, or Reed became a Jedi, possibly... Um, Is she a light side uh, Force user? Absolutely. Um, She actually never says in the episode that she's a Jedi. Even when she's talking about the Jedi, she says there's so few of them now, as opposed to us. And I'm wondering if that's also why she won't train Groku. Oh my god. Grogu- Grogn- Grognut
0: or whatever his name Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think I think well, they even, threw that even out. the Mandalorian. They threw that out there thinking that like oh this was going to be like the big I cannot I have not looked. I have not seen what the chatter is about this spoilers for the Mandalorian. It is revealed through a like, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm going to make Caitlyn's hair catch on fire cuz I'm about to say during a Vulcan mind meld between Baby Yoda and Ahsoka Tano, um
1: mm-hmm.
0: Ahsoka Tano casually lets fly that like is it was it Grog? Groggy?
1: Grogu, Groggo? Grogu, Grogu,
0: <laughs> Kakarot, whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> basically says, "Oh well, that's his name." It's like the fuck it is his name, baby oats for life, like.
1: <laughs> and also, like even the Mandalorian just calls him kid. kid, yeah. And he keeps on calling him kid, and every time Ahsoka's like Grogu, he's like
0: kid, <laughs> just like that's never gonna Which catch on. So But, Kate, how do we feel about the depiction of this character? Did you like how she Um, was depicted?
1: There was, like, there's, like, this list of things that is a small nitpick. I think, overall, Rosaria Dawson did a great job. Like, she found the cadence. Even if she didn't sound exactly like Ahsoka Tano, I mean, there was some frustration because Ashley Eckstein was never apparently approached to play Mm. Ahsoka Tano. She's the voice actress. Who has done all the voice actress work for Ahsoka Tano, um, and she is also an a live action actress. She's been in a bunch of stuff, um, but she's never asked. Apparently, I don't know why they did or did not do that. Um, but anyway, I think Rosario Dawson did a great job with the voice cadence. And the but the problems I have are like really small things that are just nerdy things. But it's like, so the 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 wobbly things on our head are called leku and in rebels they're much longer because as you get older they get longer Mm. um i don't know why they're so short it bothered me the entire time (laughs) and i wish it
0: didn't like i
1: wish i wasn't that much of a nerd this show is
0: called what it's called for a reason (laughs) Goddamn.
1: i just i'm like why 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 did they not do that i want to know right maybe it was something about They couldn't get them to work or they were too heavy. Get at her. Like, if there's a reason, that's fine. But I just am like, please just don't tell me it was like an oversight because I'm going to punch someone. Um, You
0: know who runs this show. It wasn't an oversight. It was probably a practical thing.
1: Practically, but it still was very frustrating. Um, uh, The wielding of the two lightsabers was pretty good. Um, She has a specific style it's called Jarkai. Don't ask me why I know that. It's a dual blade style. However, there is a moment, and of all of us nerds are screaming when it happened, where she only has one lightsaber left Is this, in when, that she battle. Flipped,
0: this is when she flipped her grip?
1: It, she flips it to the front. And yeah. that is a – it's actually a big part of her, um, like, fighting arc in the animated series where it was about, like, her learning to use two – Uh, lightsabers one is a shorter one called the shoto which is what she flips forward um and it was about her like using her own style with two lightsabers um and anyways when she did that we were all like oh this lady is fucked (laughs) um which was a great moment so they had some really good things um it's weird when you watch a character that's animated. You really have to you have to throw things out when they become a physical character, um, because there are some things in her movement.
0: That that was my that you're like that was my big thing. You know, I I've seen. You know, I was super amped to see this character, and but when it came time to like actually like film the action scenes, it's like these scenes are being portrayed by actors who are. This is going to sound terrible, but I mean, not these are not actors who have devoted their lives to martial arts, you know, like
1: yeah, well, they're, I they're mean, doing
0: okay. But you know, you saw Ray Park as Darth Maul. He was a trained martial artist. Like,
1: yeah, that looked, and dope. I feel like they should have put that time into training because I hate to say it. I mean, and again, it's so hard because you're talking about um, an animated character. You right. can't be like, this character is not the same as the animated version. More, more yeah, because They didn't take her out of the animated world. Um, they should have done a lot more work, I think, on the fighting style because it's just it, it's just those little things. It's the leku, it's the, uh, you know, the, the fighting, the movement, um, which is going to be like, wow, that was a really good depiction. I think, again, her speaking, she sounded like Ahsoka Tano, at least in, in Cadence and the way Ahsoka Tano um, talks. Um, the voice, of course, wasn't exactly the same. Um, and you have to sort of let things go. I thought it was a great episode. Um, Groku is not, or Goku or whatever, is not going to stick. Grogu, Grogu. Grogu is not going to stick. No one's going to remember. Um, and uh, But overall, it was a good episode. I loved seeing uh, ah- Ahsoka Tano in live action. That was a lot of fun. Um, like Her look was great. Um, yeah, I thought she. 80. I mean,
0: I, I haven't watched as much of the animated stuff, but I mean, I thought the like physical presentation of the character was seemed pretty accurate to what I would seen from the few clips you've shown me over the years from the uh, animated stuff. Yes, except for her like lego, lego standing.
1: I was like, ah, that's it, that's, and I am done.
0: That's it, leaving me with fifty seconds. Leaving me with fifty seconds, according to the timer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so clearly we have blown that, but it was a valiant attempt. Um, we're trying y'all It's a process. Uh, I'll use my Mando experience as a bridge into my updates. Uh, I concur with Kate, the, I, if my complaints earlier on was the show was feeling a little too monster of the week and I needed some, I need some lore thrown in there. It really, uh, you know, shoveled a bunch of that out in the last episode, the last couple episodes. Um, <laughs> we, we. It's weird. So, we skipped last week, so we didn't get to talk about the episode before this one, which was basically, uh, you know, the reunion with all your BFFs, including your boy, Grief. Sh- shouts to Carl, <laughs> who also directed that episode.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <sighs> I'm not going to do the voice. I'll leave the voice to Chris Ryan. But, um... Mendo! Mando! That, that episode, I was pretty well-watched. Like, okay, this is like a... <laughs> This is just to go back and see all our, our friends again. Like, cool, I guess. Um, there was some lore thrown out there a bit with whatever, um, you know, Gideon's, <laughs> whatever, whatever Moth Gus Fring is, uh, is working on. And then the second ep, the next episode that aired on Friday was, you know, just shovels, just shovels, everything. Like, more about Baby Yoda, more about what happened to, with Ahsoka Tano, and whatever she was working on, the Thrawn knot, like... And I only know that stuff a little bit, and I think this is what's... This is all I want to say about Mandalorian, really, is, like, this is a pristine example of how you thread the needle between fan service and just making a good show. Yeah. Because there is... I... Game of Thrones kind of did this a little bit, not but not this well. Because you got to remember, this is a half-hour... This is, by and large, a half-hour show. Um, every time I finish watching an episode, I look up season two or chapter 12 Easter eggs. Just tell me everything I missed. Like, Cause there, yeah. there are so many nods that Caitlin and chief correspondent are going to get that are going to right over my head. Um, like when she mentions whatever planet to go to or that, you know, take him to this temple. And if a Jedi senses him, maybe he'll come type of thing or, you know, her own fears about why she's not, you know, like he's got a strong attachment to you. I can't train him the deeper, the mention of an M, the mention of an M count on the episode before that. It's like, oh my God, they actually dropped the M word. They nodded to the M word. I
1: know. We were so excited, but I love that they called it M count. <laughs> like it's like this old thing that everybody knows about. chlorines, y'all.
0: Um, and basically the nod that they were trying to take, basically trying to make force equipped stormtroopers, which I guess is a sidebar thing to like the video game, dark forces and the video games and shit like that. Anyway, all of that whip, over my head. Doesn't matter though. I don't know any of that doesn't impede my enjoyment of the show at all, which is definitely saying something. So, I mean, if you ever cared about star Wars in your life, you're already watching the Mandalorian. But if for some reason you were like, eh, I mean, you can, if you have no time, you can probably even just find, you know, these are the Canon episodes to watch and you'll be delighted. Um, but it's at a half hour piece. It's a good, it's a good solid hang. I mean, I was a little antsy of the first few episodes where it was like, and even on the last episode where she was like, I can't train him, but I, you could go to this other planet and it's like, oh, your Jedi master is in another castle. Um,
1: <laughs> which I actually, we actually really liked that. Cause it was like, she was giving the Mandalorian an excuse to like, hang out with him longer. And the Mandalorian was so excited.
0: It's just, it's like video game storytelling, right? It's like, yeah, you, you, you beat the boss on this level and how do you get to the next level? Well, you got to go somewhere else. Um, that's just, that's RPGs. That's everything. That's video game storytelling, um, which is fine. And it's clearly working. I mean, it's the reason the show's the reason anybody has Disney Plus in the first place. So, Mandalorian, always a good time. I have an interesting uh, block of updates because it's been a lot of rewatching, Kate. Because I have friends. Oh, okay. I have friends and people in my life who are uh, discovering things that are sort of canonical to my life. Um, yeah. Mr. Malosh has started watching Community. And no. He has. Just now? Just now. Has started watching, What has he been doing? <laughs> ironing. Did
1: I'm, he have a kid or something?
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like he had a kid and he works as a teacher. Um, he's just now getting into that. So I have been, you know, when you only have a few, an hour before bed or whatever, I'll fire up a couple old episodes of Community so I can talk to him about it. And someone cute in my life has started watching Cowboy Bebop. Ah, so exciting. Because she knows that Cowboy Bebop is my favorite anime of all time and also one of my favorite shows of all time period. One of my favorite properties, media properties period. So she has started watching that and I started enjoying it. And so I can keep up with that. I've low key been rewatching Cowboy Bebop and it's been taking up a large chunk of my recreational viewing time and surprise to no one, it holds up. Um, This was also on the back of, um, I guess, and the other item of news where there were some more casting announcements for the, live action, the Netflix live action action adaptation, including, including the, um, I will not know their name, but the big headline, the bullet point was that a non-binary actor, um, will be playing the character of Gren from the Jupiter jazz episodes. Um, who in those episodes, Gren has like went to jail and got put on some drug and, uh, their body grew breasts and, you know, it was a clumsy 1998 version of like a non-binary character. But now in a 2020 adaptation, they hired an actual non-binary actor. Um they worked in the touring company of Hedwig, I think. Um I don't recall I don't recall their name, but there were a few casting announcements for Gren and for I think her name's Anastasia. But I mean my concerns, and this is my geek downery and my like, you know, man, I suck at fanboy <laughs> moments, is like These casting announcements were all for characters who in the Cowboy Bebop show, because it's very episodic, is they show up in one episode. But the way they're described in these casting announcements is like, they're going to be like on the show all the time. Which makes me wonder how they're structuring the narrative on this show. Because Cowboy Bebop is 26 episodes, but really only seven of them like matter. To the, like, right. It's like the Mandalorian, right? It's like it's a half hour hanging with your friends and having a good time, but then there are like seven episodes that have to do with the Syndicate and Vicious and Spikes Past and whatever else. Um these casting announcements make it seem like that's going to be the driving force, which it probably has to be. Like I'm trying to, you know, I myself will have to let a lot of things go when this drops, but I'm I'm prepared. Um so yeah, just been rewatching Cowboy Bebop and enjoying that. Um
1: Sorry, the actor, the non-binary actor for Gren is Mason Alexander Park.
0: There you go. Shouts to them. Um, The sickness takes many forms, Caitlin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does.
0: I I had my pre-orders from August finally showing up. Speaking of Cowboy Bebop, uh, it was the soundtrack on vinyl. As well as the soundtrack to FLCL Progressive Alternative. Uh, new recordings by the pillows of old classic songs. Those both came in this week and really felt like a, I'm just so delighted by both of them. They are gorgeous packages. They're pressed on color vinyl. They sound great. They look great. And I was like at peace. It's like, that is a good pin to record collecting 2020. And then I went to work that week and because it's a lockdown and there's not much to do. And i basically, I'm in the back by myself processing inbound, which means the boxes of books and product that come in, I receive them, I unpack them, I send them out to the floor. Which means I'm basically by myself, chilling, hanging out, looking at all the pretty new books that come in. Uh oh. And I see pretty new books. Uh oh. And I go, well, I know what this feels like. The sound of sickness. So I only bought three. One was a gift for oh, someone cute. My... Shut up.
1: Wait, one was a gift for me.
0: I said someone cute, not for you. I mean, you're also cute, oh. but.
1: Okay.
0: Well, never mind that. Who the, cares? You're not the you're terrible. <laughs> you're not,
1: not these someone <laughs> cute. <laughs>
0: asshole. No. Um, and two that I could not, I just I I passed on the anime architecture book. <laughs> that that was my, that was my um, you know my, withholding myself resisting. I was proud right. of myself for a hardcover on anime architecture, which is just like old hand painted backgrounds from like Akira and Pat Labor and shit like. <laughs> my god how (laughs) how did i resist or how did i want that
1: (laughs) how did you resist
0: Uh, talk to me talk to me in january we'll see (laughs) we'll see if i'm still resisting two i could not resist one was twisted visions the art of junji ito i mean because because yeah that's that's the man um i just flipped it open there's like no text or anything there's there's a little commentary in the back but like There's a a lot of color pages and only does like certain segments of his career. So there's Uzumaki Tomie and then shorter works. That's kind of how the books divided up. I don't know when this was published in Japan. This was put out by Viz in English in 20, I think this year. Um, and then there's like, if you go to the back, there's, he's left little comments on each of the illustrations and one striking image that the book just kind of, because of the way it's printed, just kind of naturally falls into is this like woman essentially like strung up on a cross and like people screaming underneath. Sorry. Junji, here's does horror manga. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> throw out this disturbing image, like it's nothing and it's a given. But that's what he does. Um,
1: Are there snails anywhere?
0: There was a snail. That's sna- there's a lot of images from like obviously the short works that got adapted for the anime. So there's definitely like a pinup of the snail girl from from that <laughs> from that one. Ugh. Um, and. And the little commentary is this image of, I was like, what is that from? Because there were a couple images of this girl strung up on a cross. Someone is offended. (laughs) Um, I don't know what that's, I don't remember what the name of it was from, but I remember reading his, I read his little commentary and it was like, my editor wanted like a really disturbing torture image. And I handed in a pretty standard torture image and I was a little disappointed that I let him down. (laughs) That's the most Japanese shit. So I had to go with your boy Junji. And then I took out this other book at work and I just couldn't leave it alone. And a bugaboo buried into my brain and I, I ended up having to buy it for a couple of reasons. It's from, it's called Beneath the Moon. It's by a woman named Yoshi Yoshitani. And it is essentially single page pinups of world, myth, folklore, and fairy tale with the corresponding story on like the other page. And... I'm like Loki trying to get my world myth up. I enjoy world myth and folklore. I don't haven't read nearly enough of it in my time. But it's not just your standard like Norse, Greek, whatever, there or Egypt. There's uh Nordic, there's Paraguay, there's uh Inuit folktales, there's Brazil, there's Mexico, there's just a bunch of Ooh. I'm really ex- and the images are gorgeous. Um and I'm really kind of excited to Dig into it. Some of it's, you know, it's, what do we have in here? That's known. There's like, you know, Hans Christian Andersen type stuff. But then there's um, Turandot, which is an Arabic folkdale from, from China. Apparently there's the snow queen Fenrir Oedipus, um, the legend of the watermelon, which is a Vietnamese legend. I've never heard of that. I'm delighted Ooh. to learn about it. Um, yeah. And gorgeous, gorgeous illustrations. So I could not leave that one alone. I'm excited to dig into that. I also bought some coffee on that purchase, some fancy coffee, because when it comes time to cry alone in my apartment on Christmas Day, I want something special to drink. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, pandemic lockdown. I hate you so much. Watched Mando, my rewatches. The only other thing I watched (laughs) that is worth mentioning at all, perhaps, because it's just the weirdest thing, and I had heard it was good. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to check that out. There is a four-part documentary on the Reagans. (laughs) Ron and Nancy.
1: Yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird, um, (laughs) I thought maybe you'd written something wrong.
0: Here's the thing. Reagan was the first president that I was aware of, but I really know nothing about him, you know? Right. Growing up, 80s baby, he was like, he was Reagan. He was Gorbachev, tear down this wall type of thing. And then you get older and you learn more about kind of how he was like how celebrated he is he's like the icon of of modern republicanism and oh he's just he's he's the god of like what the republican party considers themselves to be what this documentary does is basically say that trump is just a funhouse mirror version of everything that reagan started right surprise to no one dude was mad racist <laughs>
1: Mad racist. And
0: he used to say a lot of stuff because uh, he started as a Democrat. His parents were Roosevelt Democrats, and when he switched to being a Republican, when he started, you know, getting active in like the Goldwater campaign in the '60s, and when he ran for the governor of California, it was like, well, why? Why did you? Why did you switch to uh, the? You know, why did you switch to the Republicans? And it was basically like, you know, I didn't leave the party; my party left me. It's like because your party. Started looking at civil rights. This dude called the National Guard on student protests at Berkeley. (laughs) He basically innovated dog whistle racism. Where it was like, tough on crime, law and order. He's like your OG law and order type stuff. This is even getting into his economic policy, which basically gutted the middle class. Can't wait to get to that. And the fact that, uh, you know, AIDS happened under his watch. And he just pretended that didn't exist for a long-ass time. And episode two, basically, and you know they were holding on to this one, the dude gave a speech and put out posters that said, Make America Great Again. So...
1: Oh, man. Ooh.
0: It's very clear what the filmmakers are doing with this one. Oh, it's really interested in sort of, you know, revising the mythology around around Reagan, which I find interesting in my old man, my middle-aged old man way.
1: Yeah, this is, like, the the most... Old white man thing yeah. you've ever oh, done. Oh yeah,
0: this is, this is, but I'm, I'm a sucker for, I'm a sucker for politic and like that. I hate politics, but also I really enjoy political documentaries sometimes. I think it just happens to white guys when you hit a certain age. Soon I'm going to be reading books about World War II and shit. <laughs> I <I'll> have a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a model of a battleship on one of my shelves, you know, shit like that. <laughs> just, happen, just happens to all of us. Oh. Friends. I think that's just going to about going to wrap up the first half. We only blew the timer by about uh, about 10 minutes, 10 15 minutes. But when we that's come pretty
1: good. That's pretty good for us.
0: When we come back, Crapathon's not over yet. We are bridging the gap between Crapathon and Holly Jolly. We're going to get into some
1: between Crapathon
0: and Christmas. <laughs> Have a very crappy Christmas when we come back from this break.
1: Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about things we brought each other, but for reasons, them being A, it's crap-a-thon, B, it's a movie, we're not going to do that part. (laughs) All right. But, but we do have rules. We do. To help us talk about the thing that we watched.
0: What are those rules, Kate?
1: The first rule is the rule of three, which is if it comes in parts, we're going to watched three parts of it but it didn't it came in technically like two parts well, for, for me it came for Yeah, but we'll i only to had it. to watch the second part thank god um the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod uh which is the rule that we will not talk about the thing we have watched before sitting in front of these microphones i don't even know that Jordan watched the second thing. I know he watched the first thing because he yelled so much about it <laughs> over like, the internet.
0: I was like, "We're not watching the first one. Can I yell about the first one?"
1: I'm like, "Sure."
0: And I did, uh,
1: and he did. And finally, the third rule, which is there will be spoilers. You cannot spoil these movies.
0: How you already know everything? You don't. You, know, you know we haven't even said the title yet, and you already know everything that happens in this movie.
1: Yeah, or maybe you don't because um,
0: this one took a this one took some turns.
1: <laughs> so this is. The Princess Switch switched again, which is the second... Still switching. Which is the second... I'm trying to get through this, Jordan. Which is the second of the Princess Switch movies. The Princess Switch having come out... 2018, I think. Yeah, that sounds right.
0: Wikipedia tells me. 2018.
1: Yeah, 2018. uh, Which starred Vanessa Hudgens as both a baker from Chicago and a princess and then guess what happens? She's
0: a a duchess. She's a duchess, Caitlin.
1: She's a a duchess. Duchess of Montanaro. Of Montanaro. Is that a place? No, it is not. But it is in the same universe as other Netflix Christmas movies, which we will talk about in a second. We
0: we will get into the Vanessa Hudgens extended cinematic universe in a moment.
1: And, And this one is where... They switch again, and there's more switching because Vanessa Hudgens does not just uh, play the soon-to-be queen of Montanaro and a baker who's from Chicago who's become a princess now of a different made-up kingdom. D- different country. But also the duchess's now soon-to-be queen's cause, cousin, <laughs> cousin, I can't remember her name, Fiona. but she's blonde. Yeah. Her name's Fiona. Fiona, sure. Um, I don't. Where do we start? Okay, why don't we start
0: with no? Uh, let's start with the. You... Let's start with the fact that. Okay, <laughs> okay, I gotta collect myself here. We have to start okay. with the fact that uh, when when was it? Was it two years ago? That Caitlin, I believe, first espoused the wonder of trashy Hallmark. Netflix, W network, what have you made for TV holiday fair.
1: No, it was three years ago. And you want to know why I know that you
0: had gone to some party where you watched, uh, the Christmas Prince, right? This was the year the Christmas Prince would hit, hit the culture like a bomb. Right. Well,
1: it was because I was in hospital <laughs> and there was nothing else to do. It was November, 2017. I was in the hospital for a week Uh, With a giant infection in my body um, That I could have died from woo! Um, And there was nothing on television And uh, Senior correspondent Chris was very kind And got me like a TV package And for some reason uh, Or he, he got me some internet connection So I could look at Netflix And I was like This looks terrible and trashy And I watched The Christmas Prince And I also watched some other, like, terrible Hallmark Christmas movies, which there are, like, hundreds of them at this point.
0: So, ever and since. And that is why
1: we have stumbled upon the terrible Christmas movie as a cultural thing.
0: And ever since, we have spent some time. With terrible Christmas fair, I believe we started with the Christmas inheritance a couple years ago, which I yep. was low key delighted yep. by, and then we start, and then we continued with the night before Christmas. The I believe uh, wasn't the first instal was it the first installment of the Vanessa Hudgens cinematic Christmas universe? I um, think
1: she starred in in both
0: the. I think she was in both in the same year. <laughs> Amazing.
1: I think she was both in the same year. Yeah,
0: um, was ridiculous, but I also low key loved, and then we move on to these. Which, so Caitlin was like, <laughs> let's watch the second. You know, what the what the fuck is it even called? But let's watch Princess Switch Two, Electric Boogaloo still switching, Stop switching, whatever, <laughs> switching forever. Lilo and Switch. I don't you know, know what it was called. Um, L- but I was like, I can't jump into the, the switches. <laughs> I can't. I can't jump in on the second one, Caitlin. It's like watching watching Endgame without watching Infinity War. Like, what am I going to do? It's not going to make any sense. I got to (laughs) watch Princess Switch 1. So I have watched two of these in the last 24 hours. Yeah. They're really making me test my resolve for my appreciation to shitty Christmas movies. Yeah. They are, first... mm, I don't even want to start on this. So bear in mind, I, I had to watch the first one, which Caitlin already did. She only had to watch the second one. I will say that the second one, from a production level, is better than the first one. Both of them are the warmest looking Christmas movies I've ever seen. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> none of
0: these, none of these are ever filmed in winter. But some of them do no. a better job. Christmas Inheritance, I feel like that was a real snowy, snowy movie. I really like that one. There was a
1: literal snowstorm. Made me feel that cozy. Was like-
0: Made me feel comfy. These literally look like they... It's like, it's like Chicago in December, and it literally looks like... Like, you can see sweat on Hudgens' forehead. Like, it's like... Yeah. Everyone looks super warm. It's... We need to get the the, the, the volume, whatever that Mandalorian technology is, over, over on the Christmas <laughs> movies. So the, the lighting looks natural. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the first one is a hot mess. We don't need to talk about the first one too much, because... There's like a baking competition there's the basically the hook is it's Prince and the Popper type shit you know uh Vanessa stacy Vanessa hudgens Stacey de novo chicago baker um gets i don't know she goes to fictitious Belgravia for a baking competition I don't know what Belgravia where it is what its chief national export is what what their GDP Christmas. is
1: prince I told you. I don't
0: know what the GDP is. I don't know where it's supposed to be situated because I don't know what any of these accents are supposed to be. What accent is she working with, Caitlin? What is this accent?
1: Um, It is like, it's like, let's give, I don't know if she worked on a terrible accent. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm just going to make this as terrible as I can. Because in the third one, she outdoes herself. So I feel like she's been practicing. <laughs> but it's like some general, like, I got some sort of British school. Gooling,
0: God,
1: aristocracy esque.
0: It's when Madonna married Guy Ritchie and lived in London for a few years, yeah, and then came back to that America. Exactly and it was like, it. it was like, what are you doing, woman? Um, and
1: and Hutchins was like, I want that.
0: <laughs> give me Madonna in London for two years. Um, no. First movie, whatever. She goes to fictitious kingdom with BFF Kevin and baking assistant and their daughter. And bumps into Duchess of Mandalore. What? Where is it? It's not Mandalore. <laughs> Monta, whatever.
1: Moldovia? Moldovia. No.
0: <laughs> bumps into her. Oh my God, you look alike. Maybe we're related. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yada yada. <laughs> Duchess wants to feel like a normal person. Never got a chance to be a normal person. Little, little, little apprehensive about all this arranged marriage type stuff. So, Princess Switch. I'll put in a chime here or something. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so they switch.
1: You need to do one of those like like, you know.
0: Vanessa Hudgens two goes off and lives the normal life with Kevin for a few days. They go sightseeing, they do whatever. And uh Vanessa Hudgens OG, original flavor of Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> hangs out with uh Prince what's his name? Wilbur Wilson Edward? Know. Is it Edward? It might be you Edward
1: anything. You could literally... He could be Carl. And mean name, I
0: mean, Edward. I have the cast list here. Prince Edward hangs out with oh him. Plot twist. Each Vanessa Hudgens falls in with the person they were, like, not in love with. Yeah. So, like, you know, Duchess, not really seen it for the prince. Baker sees it for the prince. Duchess sees it for Kevin. Single father Kevin. Hunky single father Kevin. And whatever. Also, there is an inexplicable magic old man who is constantly... <laughs> Manipulating a things cab. we don't know his reasons like, we don't know what he's candy, doing like
1: candy canes and hot chocolate
0: sidebar I could write I could do another TED talk on the music in these movies because they're always like weird <laughs> like open source you got them off a of soundcloud like like music for these movies and there was one because I watched the shit with the subtitles on that was about candy cane Lane and eating all the candy canes and it was just if you listen to the lyrics it was just about like gorging on candy canes <laughs> but like nobody eats candy canes <laughs> like that like nobody does candy cane is like one thing no, you eat ironically no
1: no it's no you you you're like i can i have this and your mom says sure it's supposed to be for the tree and you're like please just one and she's like okay you have to finish it though and like halfway through you're like why did i do this and so it's like half eaten half like the way you suck a candy cane and it's like all the color has been stripped off of it and you like abandon it behind the couch or something hoping mom won't see it that's that's how you eat a candy cane.
0: She, she finds it in June when she goes to vacuum behind the couch. <laughs> it's like, Caitlin! Yeah. Um, so anyway, long story short. How do you know it's me? <laughs> long story short, everybody falls in love. There's a baking competition. She wins whatever. Um,
1: she wins the competition and the heart of the prince.
0: Stacy gets to be a princess. Um, Duchess goes, hangs out in Chicago to live the, the normal life, the spontaneous normal life with a uh, single dad Kev, And that brings us now to the second one, which they, they really give like a plot recap of the first one. They clearly had more money for the second one because we got, we got the animated credits at the beginning. Yeah. Production values. It doesn't look much colder, but it looks a little colder. <laughs> <laughs> and the hook of this one is they, they, they skim over all the plot developments of that. You need to know and just get you straight into the action such as it were, which is, uh, Margaret and Kevin have split because Margaret's dad died and she's in line to be the regent, the monarch of what the fuck is the place? Moldovia, <laughs> isn't it?
1: Moldovia. It's. Not Maldavia,
0: it's, I... it's not Mandalore. It's not Moldovia. Is a real place, is it?
1: Oh
0: Montanaro.
1: <laughs> Montanaro.
0: She's now in line to be the the. the the monarch of Montanaro. It complicates their lives. They break up. And now Stacy and the Prince are heading to. I keep forgetting the name of this place are heading to Montanaro and also Loki trying to get, uh, Kevin and his recast daughter back with Margaret. (laughs) They recast the daughter, Kate. Oh
1: my God. Did
0: they? Yes, she's much lighter skin now. It's troubling. I don't want to think about it too much. So where do you even go from there? Ellen, oh, then, so then it's it's Will, Margaret, and Kevin get back together, but added, what a twist. What a twist. The moment I realized we had three Hudgenses, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this movie has stopped giving any fucks. We have crossed the fucks threshold on this movie.
1: No, but here's the other thing. The accent gets worse.
0: Well, because she tries to put a little cockney in it, right? a little a little lower class a little rougher around the edges
1: no she doesn't she like extends the o's
0: clearly fiona did not have the uh, the upbringing and the training and the schooling that margaret did she even says at the end of the movie <laughs> so sorry. we we now have multiple switches in this movie this is why i say this movie i the mo- now so that, now that i'm talking about it i kind of am coming around to loving this movie because of how I'm now realizing it's how self-awarely shitty it is. Like, when the credits are all in these movies, I always say the same thing. I say, y'all should feel bad. Like, I see the credits, they start to... Re- <laughs> I see who wrote it, and I was like, you should feel bad. Also, why do I not have a career screenwriting? Because this is literally, like, you just... It, it's that joke about Family Guy being written by manatees. It's literally just like, you know, you poked some buttons, and some balls fell out, and you were like, yay, uh, princess, baking. We did this last year with the freaking Toronto Star, uh, you know, <laughs> plotline generator. Yeah,
1: it's a, a, you know, it's a Christmas movie, Mad Lib.
0: So, because you are now beholden to the conceit of princess switching, it's right there in the title. (laughs) Not only do you have to have the the original to switch under the conceit that... Margaret and Kevin just need some time together. They can't get any time together. They're clearly still in love with each other. They just need to get some time together to figure this out. How are they going to get some time together? Well, Stacy and Margaret are going to switch again. And Margaret can pretend to be Stacy and they'll go off to Santa's village and have a wonderful afternoon and decide that they're meant to be together and whatever. But added into this, because you got, you got a one up at it, Caitlin. It's a sequel. <laughs> you got a one up it. You have Fiona who wants to switch with Margaret. To basically get coronated as the monarch of Montanaro and make off with a bunch of money, essentially. So, what ends up happening is Fiona switches with Stacy, who is already switched with Margaret. Are you keeping up, everybody? (laughs) I know this is like, you know, the Charlie Day meme from Always Sunny, where he's like, you know, looking at the board. (laughs) He's looking at the conspiracy board to keep everything straight. You got a beautiful mind, this shit, but I'm telling you, you can do it. So Fiona yeah. has switched with Stacy, but thought it was Margaret. Margaret and Stacy had switched. Stacy's locked up somewhere. Margaret is like pretending to be Stacy but out there and how how are they gonna solve this conundrum very easily and quickly and in like fifteen minutes? Um that's Oh
1: like maybe even less. They like figure it out really quick. The best was when Fiona is trying to convince Margaret that she's Fiona, uh, that she's Margaret. Like Fiona's trying to convince Margaret that Fiona herself (laughs) is Margaret. And that like Margaret is (laughs) Stacy.
0: And uh, add in another, like, you know, a smarmy white guy who is, uh, you know, Margaret's counsel, but also in love with her, but not in love with her. He just wants money. Um, Who goes from like, I actually, charming rival to villain.
1: I thought they were going to make him actually like just a nice guy who she's not in love with. Like, I actually thought they were going to change it up. But as soon as Fiona was like, plot with me. And he was like, okay.
0: Sounds great.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. I I expected way too much out of this film.
0: And then I was like, the moment where I was like, fuck it. And like, (laughs) threw, (laughs) threw my moleskin on the bed was when magical old man showed up. Uh, you know the the key moment hadn't been in the movie the whole time at least in the first movie he shows up to put multiple times to push the plot along it's literally like he's just it's literally like in case of emergency break glass and pull out old white man like it's <laughs> kevin has been told fiona as margaret is like yo kev this ain't going to work this ain't happening you should just go back we're better as friends kevin shattered heartbroken goes grabs grabs new daughter <laughs> We're leaving. <laughs>
1: they, someone, I, just, I didn't realize someone put, uh, they Aunt viv it. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: totally, oh my God, they totally did Aunt Viv, the first daughter. Um, get in the car. Who's driving the taxi? Welcome back, magical old white man. <laughs> Going to take a longer route. Oh, can't go that way to the airport. The bridge is out. Nothing to worry about, Governor. <laughs> uh, Everything will be all right. I guarantee it. <laughs> what he's never explained y'all he's never explained he's a he's in chicago as a salvation army guy or you know n- non denominational uh <laughs> bell ringing uh charity collector <laughs> cuz salvation army is problematic um he's a butler at a gala in belgravia he's yep. um what is he doing on the streets in belgravia the first time they see him
1: were he was giving like candy canes and like or hot chocolate or something
0: probably maybe when that song was playing about gorging all the candy canes you can find he was like <laughs> handing them out um he's a gardener he's like constantly appearing in the first movie never shows up in the second movie aside from that one moment and then uh kevin and margaret get married in an airport in like five minutes and then they like get
1: but it. why like i don't understand
0: to show she's spontaneous again caitlin she can balance right. the responsibilities of leading her country with being the spontaneous free spirit that Kevin fell in love with. Right. <laughs> Such garbage. Um, but it's 90 minutes, y'all. We love that. They they knew they knew not to wear out their welcome too much. <sighs> also, those hemlines, Meghan Markle would never get caught in hemlines like that. It's a little short. It's a little short, Hudgens. I'm not trying to like... Um,
1: are you talking about her coronation dress? I'm
0: not trying to kink shame, but like... No, I'm just talking about like when she went to the orphanage and like... Oh. It's like the, the whole butcher shop's about to fall out. and It's like, take it easy.
1: Because that coronation dress was actually like the best part of the movie. I was like, <laughs> damn, that's a nice dress.
0: There's some good fashion. I'm sure I'm sure for the ladies out there or the or the appreciators of, you know, high fashion. There's some nice dresses, some pretty dresses. Hudgens looks great. I mean, she's a very attractive woman. She dresses very well through the entire movie um yeah. how how are how are the uh paramours on the swoonworthy scale how do you feel about uh, you got your one cheesecake moment with kevin uh in the first film um,
1: kevin i'm not interested in i don't know why really um seems a yeah. little, little uh, off brand for
0: you i'm surprised by that
1: uh, yeah i don't know what it is maybe he's i don't know i don't know what it is um he's got a beard now kate <laughs> i know no it ti- makes it a little bit better tell
0: you no time has passed you grew a beard <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's why he's also sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we were talking about everyone has a beard in COVID, even the ladies, because everyone's sad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, I think the other guy, the prince, Hottie, um, I always see any of these movies where there's a prince, I always think it's the prince from A Christmas Prince. Like, I just automatically picture that guy. So when this other actor appeared, I was like, "Oh shit, um, he's pretty cute." I don't. None of them were swoon worthy. That's not their role. Their role is to be a non-threatening <laughs> male presence that loves Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they do love Christmas, though. Not enough, frankly. I could have done with more Christmas in these movies.
1: It's true, so especially the second one. There needed to be more Christmas. The yeah, second one,
0: there's barely any Christmas in it. Um, sorry, yeah. I just saw. Uh... On the on the Wikipedia page, a random production note that said, "Principal photography of the first movie ended in June 2018. The majority of film was shot in Romania.
1: Hey, they shoot in Romania to film this.
0: What kind of tax breaks did you get on that?
1: Probably quite a few. (laughs)
0: Um, as for uh." Princess Switch still switching. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it an approval rating of 67, percent with an average rating of 6.4 out of 10.
1: <laughs> oh my God, Jordan! Hmm. Jordan! Jordan! What did you Jordan. find? What did
0: you? Find? Oh my God, she's on Netflix. She found something, y'all.
1: I did. I'm not on Netflix. I'm not on Netflix. Apparently, the Princess Switch Three is slotted for 2021.
0: Well, no shit. <laughs> Bye. 2025, I want a movie that is literally stars no one but Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> and Andy McDowell. Want, oh my God,
1: Andy McDowell! I want
0: Vanessa Hudgens, Vanessa Hudgens, Vanessa Hudgens, and featuring Andy McDowell. That's what I want on a Christmas Switch Wait, can for. can I talk
1: about it? Can I talk about it, Jordan?
0: Can talk, about, talk about it? Talk about what? The best movie you found that we can't watch yet?
1: It's the best movie ever. The best Christmas movie that we can't watch yet, but we will. We will watch it.
0: Talk about it. Let them know. Okay. What they have in their future. So,
1: I was, we were looking for a Christmas movie. And initially, there was like, what, Christmas in Oklahoma or something? Some cowboy Christmas movie.
0: Smokies. Christmas in the Smokies.
1: That's it. Christmas in the Smokies. Um, And.
0: I made a joke to Caitlin. about which one, just give me whichever one Andy McDowell's in, because longtime listeners of the show know that one of the best laughs Caitlin and I ever had on this show was when we watched The Christmas Inheritance, and we couldn't figure out what Andy McDowell was doing in this movie, and the only reason we could figure out is that she wanted to buy a boat. (laughs) So Andy McDowell (laughs) started this movie for boat money, (laughs) because she wanted to buy a fucking boat. So I make the joke, Caitlin, just find me whatever movie Andy McDowell's in, and within minutes... I wish I could have been in the room to hear her fucking screaming because within minutes, Caitlin messages me on Facebook again.
1: And, and there is a movie called dashing in December that stars Andy McDowell. And it stars Andy McDowell, uh, a gay romance. All right. It
0: was gay. And, and it had Andy McDowell. Cowboys, gay romance and Andy McDowell. Listen, I know that everyone's excited about that Kristen Stewart Hulu movie with Dan Levy in it, and we'll probably get to that one as well when we can find it. We're in Canada, so it's going to be a little dicey, but I mean, we're amped about that one too. But for the trash lovers that are your BFFs at the Geek Town Pod,
1: this is like the greatest movie Gay Love, Cowboys,
0: and Andy McDowell, I'm back on our boat bullshit. Like, that's literally. <laughs> We she wants life. a bigger
1: boat now. She got her boat, was like, oh, this is pretty good, saw a bigger boat, and was like, well, fuck.
0: <laughs> I could have had that boat. God damn it. Yeah. So, dashing in December. I don't know when it's coming. We might just do it regardless. We might just do an extra episode. We might have like 17 episodes in December just of us watching these shitty Christmas movies, but oh, man. Oh, my God. Look forward to that. Friends, oh, God, what are we even giving this? What, what do we punch kick?
1: Oh, God, I forgot about that. Can I give it candy canes instead? You can. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so for shittiness, it's like a thousand candy canes. (laughs) Um, What's the punch kick to candy cane ratio? Yeah. uh, No, actually, like four punch kicks to keep it like, like the same and so people really understand what we're talking about here. This is an eight, like a seven, but like a solid seven. Like, this movie is trash. You can make so many drinking movies from this, uh, sorry, from this movie. Like, so many drinking games from this movie. Like, I, I can't even explain how trash it is. Oh, the accents. Ooh. We don't see, we don't do that many movies with terrible accents. So this is like, this has some charm to it.
0: Candy Cane Lane, bring a friend this holiday. Bring a friend who loves to play. We'll eat all the candy canes. Oh, Candy Cane Lane, bring a friend this holiday. Bring a friend who loves to play. We'll eat all the candy canes. Candy canes. We'll eat candy canes. <laughs> <laughs> the actual fucking lyrics to that song. Oh my God, guess what's playing on the outro to this episode? Y'all, <laughs> thank oh. you so much for joining us. Let us know if you're watching any of these comfy but terrible movies. <clears throat> Because, I mean, listen, I'm not the first person to say it. Predictable is what we need here at the end of this garbage fire of a year. So get it where you can. Stay Even com- if
1: it's predictable, trash.
0: Stay comfy. Just let it wash over you warmly. Keeps you warm. Keeps you comfy when you're crying alone in your apartment on Christmas. Listen, if you think I'm not watching everything I can find on Netflix this holiday season, missing my family, you better believe I am. <sighs> Let us know what you are watching, friends. Hit us up on Twitter at GeekdownPod. Get above Twitter. Email us. Send in uh, send in voice memos. Oh yeah, we're gonna have one of those coming soon, y'all. Correspondents are correspondents are sending in their year end reports. We will get to that before you know it, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson.
1: My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you will join us for another. And freaking-tastic episode of Geek Gown Podcast.
0: Say more. i put it at the end. <laughs> I should be documenting hey, this. I am so excited.
1: Geek. <laughs> She sounds like the cutest Australian in the entire world that has ever existed!